I appeal to you tonight that you open your hearts and you give me a chance and don't, don't kill me. <laughs> but anyway, my introduction is this. Uh, we live in an age, you know, where, where I, I want to ask you this question. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question. It'll help me understand. May I know in the audience, which of you have heard and you understand this term, Snapchat? If you have, please raise your hand. Okay, Mike. Snapchat. Okay. Come on, brothers. You guys must know Snapchat. <laughs> okay. Looks like there's only about 30% people understand Snapchat, right? Uh, who of you, second question, who of you know what Twitter is? And I don't mean the person who cuts in front of us when we're driving. Who knows what a tweet, Twitter? Okay. Keep your hands up. Who has a Twitter account? Okay, this is my challenge this evening. Only 35% understand what a Twitter is and a Twitter account. Well, my daughter Min, who's 16 years old, started using Twitter this year. I mean, I'd previously gone on Twitter before, but I fell off a few years back. But it's really because of the elections that she started getting interested. So it's a social media tool that they use to, 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 to find things out. And the speed, the incredible speed of Twitter. You know, you find things out. And during the elections, I went back to Twitter and I continued to follow because the news was instant and it's fast. But one thing I found about Twitter was this, is that sometimes the news is not accurate. It's wrong. Sometimes it's wrong. And you know fake news is like, you know WhatsApp? You guys have WhatsApp? Sometimes you get wrong message, right? They tell you this forward, and then you forward, then you realize it's the wrong message. So sometimes there are false messages, and we should be beware of that. So imagine, this Twitter is about glad tidings. Imagine is the thoughts of people regarding cells. And imagine they're talking about cells. And it's fake news. And, and, and pastors, please don't kill me. Don't tell Pastor Vincent. Uh. And I was just imagining, what are seven tweets that people say about cell that may be fake or a half-truth, okay? So the first tweet that I think is, can you, can you see that? This guy called Fake News. Is, uh, <laughs> if you can't read it, he's, uh, he's, he's uh, my issue with cells. Two hours ago, he posted this. Cells are not biblical, he says. They're not mentioned in the Bible. I don't know how they can say it's biblical. Can you prove it? So I was imagining, what will people say about cells? And the first thing that came up to my mind is that some people say, Brother, uh, Bible never says cells before. Can you show me in the Bible? Uh? Oh, that got me astounded. Uh. Yeah, you do a search. Uh, where God says cells? Bible doesn't talk about cells. But the Bible says about this. Nice, check Twitter and I found this. There's this guy called JC. He's the Alpha and Omega. He posted this 2,000 years ago. And this picture he took of himself, a selfie, with 12 other guys. And they were together. Brothers and sisters, the first small group in the Bible was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And it was his way of connecting 
and his way of teaching. Yeah, that, but that was Jesus, you know. Then I did a bit more search. By the way, this is the promoted one. Huh? So, you know, if you understand Twitter, the bottom promoted. Then I checked. Oh, I found another one. The apostles posted this. The 12. 2,000 years ago, they posted this picture. I know you can't see this, and this is one of the classical pictures from the great masters who painted this. This picture really is about the cell, the people, the church meeting where? They didn't have a church. They made at home. You see, Jesus was showing us this. He met with small groups and the apostles carried the, the tradition. And the tradition was carried out in the home. So while the Bible doesn't talk about cell groups per se, it exhibits the lives and the correct characteristics of a cell group. When I went through scriptures, and if you, if you do your scriptures, in Acts, the Bible says that Paul moved from house to house. And then if you read Philemon 1-2, Colossians 4-15, I'm showing you all the scriptures to sound spiritual. Romans 16-5, 1 Corinthians 16-19, Ephesians 4-2, it says that the church that meets in the house. So over and over again, you get this theme of people meeting at home. You know, and then we've got the scripture, Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. I don't think you can see this, but let me read this out to you. The title of this verse, although it's called the Fellowship of the Believers, and the Bible said that after, you know, Pentecost, the church was stirred up and on fire. And the Bible tells us that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And in verse 44, it says, All the believers were together and they had everything in common. And this is the crazy part. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Everything, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple court. So that's a form of church in big assemblies. And they broke bread. Where? In 7-Eleven? In Starbucks? No. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who are being saved. You know, cells or small groups meeting together in homes is such an important platform where people can relate to one another is that where they can get support. And the intent of God is facilitated in the cells. You know, you have the church. The church is so big. By the time you go finish, you go home, everybody's rushing to go back most of the time. So you guys don't have that problem because you're not on Sunday. On Sundays, they're worried about your car parks. So maybe you say somewhere, hello, 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 and then go off. And that's the contact of one person with another person. Maybe 30 seconds, maybe one minute later, or you know, maybe he wants to share something, and then, but he's worried about his kappa, he's got to run. So that is the context of this, the main church. Normal Sunday or Saturdays is one person talking to hundreds. But in a cell group, it is 15, 20 people talking to each other. So relationships cannot happen. It's very hard to do it in the context of a large church. And that's why God designed small groups meeting in homes so that the barriers are removed, the pressure of time is removed, and we can relate to one another. 
So with that, I think maybe sales are biblical. Then I thought about it and I thought, what other tweet would someone write about sales? And the second tweet that I think could be was that, sell meet my needs. 1.6 hours ago, sales exist to meet my needs. It's a social group. Hmm. Right or wrong? Some people tell me that. I, one day I was in, I visiting a cell and the cell host's uh, husband told me, Hey, you're always blah, 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 blah. Don't you know we are social? We are, we, the reason why we're here is for each other, is to hear meet my needs. Hmm. I can't deny it's a social thing because we're all human beings and we meet together. But is the social part the intention or is the social part the byproduct? Uh, let me explain what I mean. Is it the main reason why we exist to meet people's needs? Or is it because of something else and by along the way, we know we have to meet people's needs? I think this question can only be answered if you take the perspective of uh, uh, how we should ask this question on what need is. Is it need from a member's perspective or is it need from God's perspective? Who is asking this question and how should this question be asked? So I'd like to turn this thing around. Perhaps we need to ask this question and decide. Maybe we should say needs from whose perspective? The perspective of need should be from God's perspective. God says, yes, you have a need, but not what you say your need is, but how he sees what your need is. And I think that is probably a very um, revolutionary question we need to ask ourselves. You see, today we live in a day of age where consumerism is rampant. And a lot of people, we are being bombarded every day. All we do is, what is it in for me? You know, everything that we see, any advertisement that we come across, it tells you why you need to have this. So it's like selling you something, you know. And I find that sometimes, uh, yes, we need people, but it can go the other extreme. And I've been to a cell where, uh, two cells in fact, two cells under me. The sales member had to call, the cell leader had to call me, you know, it's like, Kenneth, I, I'm so scared, I don't know what to do. You know why? Uh, this cell member is accusing that I really don't care for them, but I've done everything for them, but they continue, continue blah, blah, blah. And then this other cell leader told, hey, Kenneth, this person is calling me and scolding me, accusing me that I'm not doing enough for them, blah, 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 blah. Wow. Uh, by the way, this, this is where you, you need this, uh, what we call EGR. Uh, some cell leaders, you understand what this is called. Extra grace is required for these people. Yeah. <laughs> Especially needy. But there are people like that, but they are the extremes. But in general, I think the perspective, when we enter in cell, are we just thinking about ourselves? What can sales do for me? I need to be loved. I need to be recognized. I need to be stroked. Okay, I understand. Belonging. We need to know each other. But I just wonder, is that the aim and the purpose of sell? Now, if I ask God this question, hey God, and if you read scriptures, you say, what do you think, why should I be going to sell? What is the right question I should be asking about. What is my need? Maybe God will answer it this way. God will say, Kenneth, the need for you is the need to know that you are loved. 
The need for you is for you to love deeply. The need for you is the need to grow spiritually. The need for you is to change, to become like Christ. Maybe the need for you is to serve in the kingdom of God. And the need for you is to learn to reach out to the lost, the poor, and the marginalized. Maybe the need for you is to the need to tr be transitioned from a mere believer to a follower of Jesus Christ. So, I think there are other needs. There's also the need to encourage, the need to be challenged. My need is also my need to be accountable and help others. And the, the need to help others be accountable. The need is for us to be correct and to build and to confide and to confess and to forgive. And sometimes the need is just to help walk along with people who are in the different stages of their life. If there's an analogy I can think of, the need for us is to grow up from a child to a teenager and to a functioning adult in the context of a Christian believer. I think there is a need for progress. And I thought to myself, we have to get out of the holy trinity of I, myself, and me. And we have to move to the next trinity of cell leader, cell members, and other people outside. But maybe the need is to then progress towards we, people outside, and introduce God in the pill picture so that our focus and orientation is not about ourselves. So brothers and sisters, I think that question is a bit broader than that. But one thing that they didn't tell me when they asked me to sign up to be a cell leader was this. Yeah, we meet needs of people, but you know, <laughs> it didn't tell me that it's very messy. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes we go into cell, wow, happy, happy, jolly, jolly, makan. Then find out people, you get to know people, oh, I've got so much problems. Huh? But it's, <laughs> hey, life is messy. Lah. And life is real. When you get to know people, you know problems. And I don't know whether we want to just look and just think of ourselves or do something about them. So the emphasis has to change and we've got to realize that there is a cost to everything. You know, the Bible and we've got to learn to live, love people even though they're very difficult. And I'm sure you've had your share of uh, difficult people. <laughs> if you don't have, uh, oh, I, I should put you to some cells. Uh, some people irritate you, you know. Some people, we are all different. We have different mindsets. We have different ways of speaking. We've got different preferences. We think, and the problem is sometimes if you go to my type of cell, which is a lot of people like me, we all think we are right. And it's a problem. <laughs> But that's the abrasion you're going to get. And I always think, uh, God lets this happen one. He purposely let this happen. Because if this doesn't happen, how can all these parts show up? And how do you realize that you need to change if these things don't show up? So, as we think about our own needs, the real need is the need for change. And when we deal with people, there's going to be abrasion, friction, and that's why we need love, forgiveness, that kindness, and all those other attributes and to allow God to change. So really sell, really meet your needs. But it's not the need that you think, it's the need that He thinks. Which brings me to my third tweet. 
1.2 hours ago, this tweet came out. It says, okay, ah, uh, sales no direction. Pastors, please forgive me. <laughs> I don't see the direction for sale. And then sometimes people, sell boring lah. Why must it always be about 4G? 4Ws. Uh, I don't know whether you know what 4Gs, 4Ws are. Okay. Okay, sell leaders, you know what 4Gs, 4Ws. Why must it be a word, grow, blah, blah, blah. 4Cs, now they got clap, celebrate. All kinds of different, different things coming up. Different things. So, are sales really that boring? I don't bluff lah, as if sell every day is so nice, exciting. I think you all are very nice people. <laughs> Is it everybody enjoy sell? Dying to go to sell? Everybody dying to go to sell every week? <sighs> Again, another sell member came up to me and says, sell has no direction. And actually what he's saying, sell is boring. Lah, okay? I'm just paraphrasing. He's paraphrasing for me. And I, when I thought about it, and I think this is the issue. The issue and the symptoms is one of relevance and enthusiasm. There is no enthusiasm. And people don't feel it's relevant. That's the symptoms. And if I dig further deeper, I realize it has to do with the assumption. And there are three assumptions or deep beliefs among the people. And one is about theocracy. I think I don't know how to pronounce it. It's essentially God chosen. The second part is about lack of understanding and purpose. And the third one is the cost of involvement and commitment. I'm going to drill this a little bit deeper. What do I mean by that? Uh, and I think the answer has to do with purpose, the answer has to do with empowerment, and the answers have to do with circumstances. Three things that affect this. With purpose is that we ask ourselves, why do we go to sales? And actually, what is the vision for a sale? You should ask your sale leader or sale pastors, what is the vision for sale? And you should even ask yourself, what do I mean by vision, brothers and sisters? Vision is what you imagine the self to be. What is the future? Yeah, I know we come, we read the word, we sing, and then sometimes we have food and all. But where does it lead to? Can you imagine, have you asked yourself, what is the vision and the picture, the end result of self? What is the tomorrow of self? Can you imagine what self is supposed to be? What is it going? What is the end result that you're looking for? Is it the same as today? That means there's no change. There must be a vision. And if you don't have a vision, the Bible says it, you will perish. So cells must have that vision. And I want to put it to you that the vision cannot just be about me, myself, I. The vision has to be bigger than the cell. The second point really is about empowerment. Uh, and, um, and, and Sorry, I want to go back to the vision part. Because the vision part, then we ask ourselves, who owns the vision? Is the cell leader's job only la? Hmm. He's the only he's the cell leader la, so he's chosen and anointed la, so he should be the one doing everything. Um, hmm. What oh, tough man becomes cell leader? And when I think about this, I remember two things the Bible says. One is that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. Second one, Ephesians says that we are all body of God. We are all made out of different things. You see, yes, he's the cell leader, but he's not the only chosen one. Everyone in the cell, whole cell group, including you, are chosen. 
and you are a royal priesthood, you have the same access to God as he has or she has. In fact, you, all of you have the Wi-Fi password. So you cannot say that you don't have access because you have the Wi-Fi password. You have the direct access to the throne of God. So you are just as chosen as the cell leader. So it's just as much your responsibility. The second point is really about the body of Christ in Ephesians. You see, the body of Christ in Ephesians, the Bible says the head, tail, and neck, not tail, hands, foot. Everyone has a role. God has placed us together. So we have a role. So each of us should own that vision and play our role in a cell group. But we've got to find that role. We've got to identify how we can function. And you know the thing about empowerment is this. I want to talk about empowerment. Is that no one, you don't need a letter from the church. You don't need an email from Pastor Vincent, from Pastor Gwen, from Pastor Linda to say, Hey, Jason, play your role. You go and edify and encourage the person. No, God has already given us the command. The issue is whether you are willing to embrace it, take it, and do something about this. So really, guys, don't wait. The empowerment is given. Are you going to embrace it? So when I think about this, vision for the cell, everybody needs to own it. Make sure that vision is bigger than yourself. Make sure you realize that you are important and integral part of that cell group. And you really got to play your role. Find your role. And by the way, the role is not musician. The role is not icebreaker person. The role is not facilitator. The role is not food. Those are just titles and functions that you do. But your core role, you can be an encourager. You can all pray. You can all take projects. You can start things. You can call up something. You can lead something. You can go and visit someone. There are so many things to do in the cell. And I want to say this. We shouldn't be complaining, judging the cell, shouldn't be putting it down. But you know what? We should take it, take the bull by the horns and be creative. We should challenge the cell. We should encourage. We should build the cell. We should develop the cell. We should do something. I think the bottom line is this. All of us got two pairs, a pair of hands and feet and mouth and mind. We really can do something and it's really up to us. And I liken this and I thought about this. The cell is just not a program. The cell is a canvas. What is a canvas? Just like the masterpiece we saw. You know, the, the agenda on the Friday night, uh, and by the way, cell should be more than Fridays. It's up to you to paint what is on it. So the creativity and the greatness or the value of your cell is in your hands. It is not the church got no direction. Uh, Pastor Gwen had never visited us, never prayed for us. No, no, no. It's all passed on to you all already. It's up to you. And you guys have a choice to do something about this. So, you know, um, I forgot to talk about circumstances. And in the reality of things, always remember, everyone got life cycle. Uh, let me give you an example. When we started in cell, we were young. We got a lot of time, can do a lot of things, you know. And then we got married, okay, and then we got to have other considerations. And then we were building our careers while we got busy. And then we had a child. Wow, very difficult to, to lead sales while you have a child. But you know, as life throws you different, different, whatever situation, you just got to adapt. And this system can only work 
if everyone shares the responsibility and if everyone plays a part. But if anyone just relies on the cell leader, wow, you're milking the cow till the cow is dry. Why don't we all be the cows? <laughs> okay, I know some of you do, uh, don't know about Twitter and Snapchat. I want to show you another one. Uh, you know what confession page are? <laughs> okay, confession page. So I think the older ones may know what Facebook is. On Facebook, sometimes they also have something called confession page, where, where people talk the truth about this. So I'll give you a bit of confession page from the cell leaders. Some leaders tell you, I'm so sorry. Lah. Actually, I got no time to prepare for sale. Busy, ma, work, got so much pressure, blah, 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 blah. And then say, okay, I prepare sale on uh, Tuesday. Prepare on Wednesday. And then Wednesday come, oh, I'm so tired. Okay, tomorrow, tomorrow I prepare. Oh, yo, then went to work. Oh, yo, got to stay back late. Next thing you know, Friday. Say for uh, Friday, and then you don't know how to prepare for sale. What do you do? Then my man, lunchtime I prepare. Lunchtime I prepare. Then lunchtime, alamak, got to meet client lunchtime. Never prepare, save all. Uh. So what to do? Wow, quickly scan through the notes. So before go to sell, we fear and trembling. 30 minutes in the car, driving through the traffic jam. Hallelujah, hallelujah. A confession page like that one. Uh. Uh, sometimes, you know, church give the notes so late one. They should give one month ahead, but they give five days ahead. You know, so we suffer. So, and then sometimes, you know, uh, you know, but sometimes, I so human being, you know, ayah, lemah lah, tired lah, balik, balik siah, ayah, tired lah. And then, you know who's the one saying, cell leader say, oh. zone leader is the one saying, not cell leader, not cell member. Ayah, tired lah, tonight again lah, ayah, don't feel like it lah. Why can't just, just give a day off? Ayah, then you drag yourself to cell, drag, drag, drag. Then go sell. Ah, yeah, people so lethargic. I have to lila, 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 lila. And then you know what? Always, always happens. You know what always happens? God's spirit does something. And then suddenly, this disgruntled, fed up person called the cell leader, zone leader, or assistant cell, or whoever, suddenly come on fire. Wow. And then at the end of the evening, say, wow, that was the best sell, man. I'm so happy I came to sell. Yeah, two hours ago, this complaining, complaining. And my wife will tell you that's the truth. But you know, this confession page, huh? But you know, you know, cell is all about God. And if you just lean on God and allow God to dictate whatever circumstances, you know, things always happen because God shows up. So cell does have a direction. Cell does have an impact. And we shouldn't judge, criticize, complain, observe, Instead, we have a chance to create, participate, build, direct, and impact. Fourth tweet. Uh, we have to move faster. Fourth tweet. Nah. Okay, do you see that one? Do you know who the cell pastor in church is? Who? Anyone want to shout? Who is the cell pastor? Huh? No, no. Okay, big brother. Below big brother? Pastor Linda Koo. Okay. And then there's this tweet. Huh? God, yeah, Godmother. Godmother. Sorry, yeah. Uh. So, tweet number four. Godmother controlling us. She's tracking us. She is keeping us from hopping off to another church. Keeping us from sinning. They are very controlling. So, the fourth tweet I thought about was actually, uh, cells are controlling. 
people want to control us. No la, not control la. But it's a good way, I think. Uh, we already showed you that, that actually cells is a place where you are liberated to, to do great things. La. No, the church does give you parameter, you know. It's, if you can imagine, uh, it's like a, a bottle, a jar. A thin jar at the top here, and then the bottom is very big, okay? The parameter is this. The church tells, sets you guidelines, tells you this thing, and then everything else is left to you. So if you're creative and you've got initiative, the things that you can do is as wide as that big jar. Only thing this is the parameter, they set a few things. So really, cell empowers you. It's not a tool to control you. In fact, the value of the cell is sometimes it keeps you from sinning. What do I mean? Uh, you know, when I was uh, new, new, uh, new in cell and I was going, I was just started work and we were working a very stressful job. And at Friday evening after stress, where do your colleagues went to go? Huh? Go back and sleep? Huh? <laughs> what is it? Drinking. So young, uh, happy hour. You're young. You suddenly got money. You know, got a bit of money. Wow, everybody want to go drinking. That time disco. Uh, clubbing now. And then they ask you, want to come now? Come, come. You're all very stressed. Let's, let's, let's lose. Uh, I got to go sell group. La. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, seriously, going to sales prevent you from sinning or falling to temptation. <laughs> that's why we have, that's right. So there is a case for Fridays, okay? Wow, and then I tell you what, harder. Then you see, not married yet. La. Wow, then this young girl, non Christian girl, come, come, la, come. La. Why you can't come? I got cell group. You're going jail. Huh? <laughs> you know, the benefit is this is also, I used to work in a very, very busy job. And then the boss like to give work, you know what time one, la? six o'clock, Friday evening. And then expect, we work Saturdays last time, expect you to get ready in the next month. Then they say, uh, and then my, my, the secretary will tell my boss, boss, uh, Kenneth cannot, la. he's got cell tonight. La. <laughs> so sometimes it will help you also. <laughs> they all know your Friday nights is cell. So market, tell people I got cell group tonight. So they won't catch out you after that. By the way, as a cell leader, after cell, we prepare work and the next day go back to work. So life is not so straightforward. <laughs> so okay, I got to move fast. The next tweet, the next tweet. What is the next tweet? The next tweet is... Cell needs to be homogeneous. The only way cells can work, this person is saying, is that, is that it needs to be the same type. There's a reason why there's a word that says birds of a flock, birds uh, flock together, right? It's the only way to sustain this. Uh, it's a strange tweet. Lah. I don't know whether you all see the, the issue here. Yeah, I'm trying to find my notes, but it's not so important. I think, uh, <laughs> I think you can start. I'm, and I want to say this to the young people and maybe some of the older people or whatever, the conservative people, is that sometimes we try to find cells that are the same type or we want to make it the same type. We must be the same age. We must have the same likes. We, we need to look the same. We need to wear the same t-shirt. You know, you know they, they like to be the same type, homogeneous, uh, not uh, the other type. Uh, uh, but <laughs> homogeneous, uh, which means same type. Uh, um, you can start like that, but um, 
Don't play God, nah. Let God be God. What do I mean? You got to guard against exclusivity. You got to guard against creating what you want. Sometimes you got to let God change that. You got to keep your criteria. If you have a criteria for sale, keep it open and broad and wide. You know, one thing that the Bible talks about is that you see this thing. He says, uh, he tells, uh, told Timothy, Timothy, you know, treat your older brothers like, uh, you know, like, uh, older sisters with honor. Then the Bible talks about fathers, brothers, sisters. It's like a ranking one, like got different age groups. And the church is like what we are today here. You got young kids, you got younger adults, you got adults, you got older adults, you got seniors. Now the beauty of a community is the stratification and the diversity. Diversity, all types of people, different sexes, different backgrounds, stratification, different so and different uh, financial, economic, different ideas. It's beautiful. It's that diversity that has. And the other bit is the age groups. And what I want to talk about is sometimes we don't like old people to come to ourselves. You younger guys, I don't want old people to come myself. You know, they want all hip people like me. You know, hip. They don't want old people like me. They want hip people. And then I don't know about the older cells whether they want young people, but you know when I, the greatest, one of the greatest blessing of being in a church is that we are come from different generations, and when we mix around and when we hear things, there is so much of course, so much to tolerate, but so much more to learn. The Bible says, and if you read Proverbs, Proverbs is epitomized this point. Is the passing of wisdom. So to the younger groups, mix with the older groups. And if yourself have older people, even better. They have seen more. Not only eat more salt. They have seen more. They gone through more. And the amount of wisdom that we can acquire from the different groups is immense. And it will prevent us from making mistakes. So the diversity is important. So be careful about being too homogeneous. With that, I want to say um, one thing is that um, oh, where where we go, um, uh, keep it open. Uh. And I remember sometimes God brings people people from different backgrounds for different reasons. And when we first had cell one, the persons that we had, and because I had that mindset, we should all be the same type, you know, blah blah. And then there was this girl from who was working in the Tropicana Club. She was a Filipino. Uh, receptionist then was saying, hey, we're all like working people, uh, you know, like high fly jobs. How are we going to connect? But you know, we've got to be flexible, just absorb. Lah. And it was good because she probably needed a place to feel at home. She was probably lost. And then we had this other guy and he was staying next door to the cell house and then he heard all this singing and one day he turned up. He was a sailor. And he says, you know, he feels lonely. And we look at him and then, oh, okay. And then, uh, when we say God pray request, oh, then he share all these bad habits. He wants to be free, but you know, <laughs> we just got to be open. Whoever God brings to yourself, and that's the part we got to avoid rigidity and trying to be too homogeneous. Sometimes, the other tweet, and these are the last two tweets, and uh, maybe the most controversial tweets. Huh? Okay, sales don't need results. Why? Why come on la? This is not work. Why must have results? 
Bali-bali, you always talk about multiplication only. Is cells all about multiplications? Must cells have results? Social only, ma, connect only, ma. You know, this one got a lot of things to talk about. Huh? <laughs> the number of times I have to argue with my cell leaders about multiplication, you know. Uh, and I want to say two things, lah. Okay. Well, actually, more than two things. One is definition. What is results? Two is how do we measure? Three, what time frame? Okay, I'll talk about these three things, then we'll talk about multiplication. I think our definition of results is very important. And sometimes it's too restrictive. My first cell leader, which was Mekwan cell leader, Pastor Gwen cell leader, was Tat Yin. And Tat Yin used, I used to spend a lot of time with Tat Yin, and he would say that, Kenneth, the cell, the result, is that if you start at the end of the year with 10, 10 people, if at the end of the year you still got the 10 people, you've done well. Huh? He says, you know why? Then at least you know they are still in church, they are still following God. I said, like that one. Ah. So over many years, I feel that this is maybe a bit too restrictive. Lah. <laughs> maybe we need to look at other indicators or what we deem as a result. And for that, I think we have to turn to the scriptures. Lah. And scriptures, and I remember the clues in the scriptures, and I'll give you three clues that if I recall. The first was the parables. In all the parables, Jesus always talked about the parable of the manager, the parable of the talent. He always looked for a return on the talent, the time, and whatever is given to them, the land. The second thing was that Jesus' commendation. You all remember Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. That's an indication of something. And the third thing was that Paul talked about this. I saw the seed, Apollos watered it, and God gave the increase. When I look at all this, uh, the results is both in the form of quantity and quality. And it also tells me and takes the pressure off me is that God will give the results. We just have to do our part. And when you think of all the scriptures, the key that comes out is one about obedience, one about being faithful. Faithful to what? Faithful to church? No, faithful to your calling, faithful to the giftings He's given you, faithful to all these things. And then God takes it a bit deeper and God is interested in your motive and in the manner you did it. And when I think about well done, good and faithful servant, that faithfulness bit, nah? good, what is good? I think God looks, have we done it faithfully and have we done it in love? Or have we done it grudgingly? So, whatever we do must have some results and indication. And I think some of the indications of results, whether it's soul saves, whether it's deliverance, life change, whether you've shown love to the community, whether you've done good deeds, how many hospital visits, how many home visits, wow, all this KPI. I think it's broader than that. And maybe it has to also do that. Are you maturing? Is the cell maturing? Is there an increase in compassion? And ultimately, are people becoming more obedient? If we turn back to the Great Commission, and this is one of the most important things to remind us, the Great Commission is not only go, therefore, into all the world and preach the gospel. There is a second part that everyone forgets. And that part is, and teaching everyone to obey everything. 
Jesus said that. Second part, look, people always forget, go, 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 go. Forget about teach, teach, teach. Make sure that they're obedient. And in the cells, one of the results is the increase in obedience and commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So there need to be a result. But having said that, I think there is a place for multiplication. This year is a very tough year for me after many years as a zone leader because I had to restructure two cells. The cells couldn't multiply. And the, the leaders were going through different seasons and there were different issues. And I had to converge and merge and all do all those things. Because if a cell does not, if the cell is the same for too long, uh, you go into a state of not, not stagnation. The word is comatose. Okay? You are just existing. Uh. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong, but in general, sometimes it needs to be revived uh, and refreshed. So which brings me to my even more challenging uh, statement. Uh. This is the last one, last tweet. It's not that sales, I, do I get paid in sales? No, that's not the tweet. Nah. It's this one, you ready? This is a very sensitive one. And I don't mean to step on anyone's toes, but I really believe this. Tweet, sales are optional. Hashtag, sales are optional. See how la, free choice reigns, uh, I decide la. Yeah, we've all got a decision and the choice is ours. You know, I see non-cell members asking this and I totally understand where they're coming from. But I get concerned when cell, cell members ask this. I get more concerned when cell leaders ask this. <laughs> uh, no one can force you to attend the cell because God gives us a choice. But I want to say, Two, I want to cover two areas. The value of cell. This evening, we've been talking about the value of cell. We even saw a little video, was, which is excellent. It's everything that I've talked about. And we've seen a life example. So I think if we are not in cells, we may be missing out on God's plan for us to change us, to be used by us, to be used by Him, and to feel appreciated and valued. You know, in the cell is where God's feelings about us is sometimes exhibited through another person. Of course, going to cells is a cause and a commitment. He thinks God's call and purposes has a cause. Anything worthwhile in life normally has a cause. But that's where that vision for cell comes in. If you have the vision, it's not an issue. The second one, I'm going to show you three scriptures, very important scriptures. The top one is the one that has always you know, I, I hold on to it. You can't read this. It's in Hebrews, Matthew, and uh, not Malachi. I, <laughs> how how you pronounce that? My pronouncing is not so tender. Anyway, Hebrews 10, 25, it says, Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing so. But we meet up, so we want to encourage one another. Why? Because the day of the Lord is approaching. And the second one, Matthew 8, 20, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And then the third one, Malachi 3.16, then those who feared the Lord, they were talking with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. And the scroll of remembrance, a diary, eh, was written in the presence, his presence concerning those who feared him and honored him. Now, Hebrews, cells are both offensive and defensive. We cheer each other on, offensive. Huh? Uh, I mean, we do things together, we are going. 
The defensive part is where we cheer each other on. Now, I was recently reading and hearing. Do you know something called 2020 cashless? Money 2020? Those in the IT line, the world is trying to become, go Google it up, going to become cashless, trying to become cashless by what year? 2020. Now, what year are we? 2018. What does cashless mean? What will it, what's the implication of cashlessness? In times is the setting for the Antichrist, is the setting for the monk of the beast in particular. Okay. So when you think about all these things and then you think, imagine in your mind place, maybe persecution can come and all these other things can come. But really, the cell is the place where, where we hold each other accountable and we, we encourage each other to stay faithful in the Lord. The second one about Matthew 18.20 is about when two or three are gathered in his name. Mm, makes the meeting a sacred time because God is there. And then the third one is about the agenda. What do we talk about in cells? Because God noticed and remembers everything. There are three implications to these three scriptures. One, what's our attitude towards cell? Do we remember the vision? Do we also know that it's a place of encouraging one another? Second, how do we decide to have cells? What date do we plan ourselves around? Holidays? Don't get me wrong, I think we all need to have a balance somewhere. The second one is that, the third thing is that, do we only have cells when we have quorum? Or when there's a lot of people need we have cells? How do we conduct cells? When I look at all this, is is it's our attitude towards cell. Do we treat it so casually? Ah, have cell lah, don't have cell lah. No need go lah. <laughs> when you come together, just the two of you, uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the name above every other name will show up. It's sacred. Ah, yeah, about this thing, I don't have the, you know, all this. And then we treat it so casual, but God shows up. Then the other point is about um, not only does he shows up, but uh, he takes heed of what happens in our cell. You know, sometimes you regret sending a WhatsApp or email. You say the wrong thing, too harsh, too hard. Recorded, no, cannot remove, no. Now got function, la, you can like, quickly delete la, if you do it fast enough. La. No, sometimes I think your cell chat group, well, I don't know what you're right. Or what happens in the cell? I'm very bad because I'm quite flippant with my words also, but God longs, he longs for his people to talk about him, to discuss things. And the whole conversation, the fear of God, the last scripture, God records everything down. So, we need to re-examine our attitude towards whether a cell is optional or not. And to, today, I, I come to this conclusion. I had seven tweets. And instead, I think the right tweets are hashtag cells are biblical. Hashtag cells are for members and more so for non-Christians. Hashtag cells direction is driven by God's purpose and is carried out by the whole cell who has been empowered. Hashtag cells are for all. Hashtag, sales empowers and doesn't control us. Hashtag, sales need to have fruits. Hashtag, 
cells are critical for Christians. I want to tell you my story, and I'll end with this. When I became a Christian in 19, okay, I have to tell you my age. Uh, you know, I was in college, and I was a little wild, but I felt an emptiness, and uh, you know, I came to know the Lord, and I turned to God, and I came to Glad Tidings Church when we were in Jalan Gasing. And it was during that time that I, I was learning, I loved it. But you know, after church, uh, don't know who to talk to. You, you're left alone. Sometimes I'm hoping I can catch them. I mean, I know some people. And if you're not in the in crowd, or you're not with the goody crowd, you know, they're goody two shoes, and then they're the in crowd, and then sometimes you're just left behind. Uh, and then I read, you know, the scriptures like, uh, like this, right? And then I ask God, uh, ask God, oops, can you go back to that scripture? I ask God, uh, why like that one? And I said, Lord, I'm in church, I'm in love with you, I'm learning so much, and I want to talk to people about the scripture and the life of God, but uh, I don't know who to talk to, I cannot connect. Uh, if I'm lucky, I get invited for lunch. Uh, I hate to say this, I don't want to tell you this, but I think you've got to be a bit honest sometimes. I would go back to my room, I was doing my A-levels, and I will cry before God. You know why? Because I felt lonely. Here I am, while living, turned to God, expecting so much, reading the Bible, you know about the family of God, but I'm not experiencing this family of God. Then you read scripture like that. It says, wow, they devoted themselves, they were filled with awe, they were together, they had everything in common, they sold their possessions, gave to the poor, they broke bricks at home, they were glad, sincere, praising God, enjoying the favor. I didn't experience that. I said, what sort of church is this? It feels like a club. Now, I'm not saying I'm right, but that was how I was feeling. Uh, fast forward a bit more, then I went abroad to study and I came back. And it was during that time when I came back, Pastor Gwen was talking about uh, the young people from Australia were all returning back and they were just having uh, a, a great experience with God in Australia. With uh, What was that group called? OCF, overseas, they, they learned a lot of things in OCF in the 90s. They got together, they, they had groups, they took care of people, they inspired a lot of things. Many great things came out out of OCF. And they came back and they inspired something called Young Adults Fellowship, YEF, right? And then they started, they wanted to do all these groups and they, they pushed church and then church allowed them to have all these young adults group. Not so different from you, but it started from there. 1991. That's when we first started. First cell group, I went, Brother Yaptat in, we had in Brother Hagge's house, multiplied, we went to Sister Sunita's uh, mother's house. By the way, she wasn't going to sell. When we had sell, uh, when we had sell, uh, she ran out, we know. Yeah. And then you got all this, we're adults, but got this young kid come, you know. <laughs> so I was in cell, uh, it kept me on the straight and narrow path. Because you know why? Every day uh, you go to work, uh, oh, yo, your systems, uh, your beliefs, uh, challenge, 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 everything thrown you. Friday night, suddenly everything gets tuned again. Your tuning becomes right. You know, you're out of tune, you tune back. It's the, it's, it helps you sell, it tunes you back to what it should be. So go Friday night uh, and I saw the cell leader and then, um, and then uh, you know, we went through that and then we multiplied and I went Raymond Poon cell 
pour our lives into it. You know, of course there are challenges. Of course. Of course it will cost you. But you know what? Great things cost. If you're not willing to pay the price, who is willing to pay? Brothers and sisters, I'm sorry. I can't believe God can use a nobody. And through the selves, so many things has happened. I hear his story. The saints have a place in the church. We cannot demean the position of the cells. We cannot trivialize the position of the cell. The cell is God's chosen weapon. It's God's way of using a lay person to be instrumental in the kingdom of God. We cannot rely on pastors alone. It is our job because we are also priesthood. We got to take up the challenge for self. We got to embrace it and we got to own this vision. You know, it's 30 years of things as I reflect. So God wasn't mocking. He was saying, are you willing and are you willing to put down your own needs and focus on outside? People in yourself and outside the cell. It is instrumental. And that is my message and that is my heart. That today I feel that the cells are very sacred. And I want to challenge you guys. If you are a cell leader and if you have treated the cell, you've gotten into a spirit of familiarity. It's time to capture a fresh vision for yourself. It's time to feel that it is important, there's so much we can do about it, but God, give me a fresh vision for the cell. Today, if you're a cell member, I want to challenge you. you got to take your place in the cell. you got to rise up. you got to own the cell. you got to support your cell leader. Today, I also want to challenge those who are aspiring people who want to take on more things as a leader. One of the greatest, greatest opportunity for a non-pastor is to become a cell leader. And if and I will challenge the young people, take up this challenge, take up this opportunity, desire in your heart, and you will have this opportunity to serve God, to be developed. Because God will do this thing. It's God's training site. The cell and the church are training site for you to grow and to be developed and to be used by God. You must see this. You cannot let the enemy reduce this truth and this opportunity. Now, I'm absolutely passionate about this because of this memorial stone. This stone. You know, I look at this and I say, church, not like that. It's up to us to make this a reality. I don't know about y'all. I'm 50 years old this year. I'm tired of playing games. I want the reality of God. I want to experience God's kingdom. And I want to be part of it.
So I urge you, be a part of it. And the place to be is in the cell. And you can do it. Thank you.